In your attic, fully covered means fully insulated. If you can see your rafters, you're losing heat and money. But with the Home Depot, it's easy to add blow-in insulation yourself in just a few hours, and you'll save up to 15% on heating and cooling costs for years to come. Winter temps are here, so are winter heating bills. Are you covered? Right now, get a free blow-in machine rental when you purchase 10 bags or more of select blow-in insulation, only at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Radiovania, episode number 57, your nerdy public radio for all things entertainment and pop culture. And you know what they say, John, third time's a charm. It is exactly what they say. My name is Zach Rotello, at Zach Rotello on Twitter, at Zach Rotello on Instagram, and all the social media feeds that you want to, you know, go put your head into. And uh, sitting across from me is uh, the Coke Zero Sugar Sluggin, John Swansong Parker. It does have zero sugar, but I gotta be honest, this new and improved taste tastes just like a regular old Coke. Tastes just exactly like a just regular old Coke. Uh, That's a lie, it doesn't. It's, uh, nothing. I, I personally, I, have we had the Diet Coke discussion before? No, let's talk about it. I personally don't taste much of a difference, really at all. In really? fact, sometimes when I have, Coke is all, experiencing Coke is all about how it's bottled. Right? It's the real thing. Yeah. Well, it's how it's bottled. So it's like a can of Coke tastes different than a two liter. A two liter tastes different than a one liter. One liter tastes different than just like a little, little like 750 milliliter bottle. And then there's the aluminum Cokes. Like the aluminum twist off bottles? Yeah. yeah. Every, every bottled Coke tastes a little bit different. What's your favorite? It's going to be heresy. But I'm going to go with a Fountain Diet Coke. A fountain diet coke. Fountain diet coke. Over just the regular coke from a fountain? I would have to agree. Really? Because oh I think regular coke is too sweet for me. It's because you're old. <laughs> that could be possibly true. I'm just kicking back Marlboro Lights and Diet Coke and I'm driving a you station wagon. You can't <laughs> your just body, like my grandma. Your body can't handle the sugars. Yeah. But uh, what's your favorite kind of coke? Uh, Coke Classic out of a glass bottle. Coke Classic out of a glass. Actually, you're, you know what? I, I'd be doing heresy See, to homage. You know what I right said? Now. Is yeah. the, you know, I said Coke Classic in a glass bottle, and you know what just happened inside your brain? What's that? Little synapses fired of these beautiful memories in the summer when it was hot, and you opened up a glass bottle of Coke oh, and took a couple swigs, and you life was simpler back then. <laughs> Petbridge Farm, remember? <laughs> there was a man who once tried a glass bottle of Coke for the first time. We took that memory and we played it over and over again in his mind. Come home to Simple Zach's. We're not going to publicly say that we're sponsored by Homage because we're not getting any money from them. But stop by Homage. We should talk to him about that. That would be a lot of fun. Uh, but stop by an Homage <laughs> store. We'll get you a free Coke. Zach approved. I work there. Uh, I don't, but I have a shirt. Yeah, exactly. Or two from there. Yeah, I have two. But, uh, so if you've never listened to an episode of Radiovania, you're in for a treat because uh, this is the show. We're going to talk about some nonsense interspersed between topics of pop culture and video games and movies, and uh, we've got a quite a bit of interesting sports. Maybe sports. Maybe. Well, speaking of sports, yeah. If John, if we have to pause the episode or if we have to do any sort of uh, jumping around here, we apologize. But John is actually our league manager for our fantasy baseball team. Uh, Peter is in, so we are all set to go yeah. to draft tonight. All eight members. 
Perfecto. For our league, the Vindicators 4. Mm. I'm sure Dan Harmon would be very proud of yeah. us. So we're good to go. Good and to go. I, you have my full undivided attention now. I'm out of my <laughs> business meeting. Oh, it's no worries. And I'm if, here. If we get any notifications, we'll we'll let the viewers know. Yeah. We'll be uh, stepping out for just a few seconds. But we've got a lot of awesome stuff to talk about here. We've got superhero movies with box offices. We've got some Marvel news about casting rumors and what that means for Infinity War. We also have news about X-Men uh, got news about DCEU. If you're <laughs> sick of hearing about that, sorry, but it keeps on that train's just a choo choo. It's got some railroads rolling. It's like a runaway train, though. At this point, right? Yeah. Or like Speed Three, where you got all the characters on a train that's going to explode at the end, <laughs> and there's no way to stop it. We got some news about Donald Glover, Jurassic World, uh, Rotten Tomatoes, and Rick and Morty. So stay tuned. It's I enjoy a, a majority show. of those things. Yes, and me too. <laughs> <laughs> Most of these things I would consume on a regular basis. <laughs> and even the stuff that I don't enjoy, I'm still probably going to consume it. Exactly. So, so let's start out by saying uh, the last time we recorded a show was two and a half weeks ago. Yeah. Two roughly. and a half, three weeks ago. Yeah. And uh, we've almost gone through, at this point, all of March. So lots of stuff has been happening in March. I went on a trip to Colorado. John's been working a lot. We've been hanging. Did you hang out with some of that medicinal when you were out in Colorado? Hey, that's not for the records. <laughs> Let's not put that on the records then. Uh, uh, but I want to know what you've been playing. What you've been playing, you've been watching, what have you been listening to, reading? What, what's what been your stuff in March, John? All right. So in March, I've been playing several video games simultaneously. I've been playing Uncharted 3, Drake's Deception. Uh, on brutal and let me tell you it's brutal i'm at the shipyard part oh the shipyard holy man. Fuck the shipyard. crap holy is that cow. hard yeah. yeah that's hard on any regular difficulty that oh might yeah be the hardest section in any uncharted game it is i yeah. i would agree temple because i'm stuck at this one spot where people are like popping out of the ground and stuff and it's just like it's so difficult yeah. the one um, where you have to climb the, the moment where you have to get to the ladder and climb it i remember that being really tricky because there's like a lot of the guys perched up on like yep things you gotta take care of snipers and there's people running at you it's like it's a whole mess it's crazy yeah, yeah it's nuts um i'm just trying to get to the desert like more than anything yeah you're uh, shooting for that platy right yeah okay so i'm trying i'm grinding on all of them uh the only ones that i've completed are uncharted 4 and uncharted 2 okay i have to play through the first one on brutal one time in order to get the platy for the first one mm-hmm. and then i have a lot of work to do on lost legacy and drake's deception which are the two that i'm playing i've been um, flirting around recently with going back to lost legacy and i played it platy. again for the second time and it's really fun it's very, did you play fun. it the second time on a harder difficulty or what did you do yeah how I is it on a harder difficulty but i didn't realize that you don't get a trophy for hard you only get one for crushing right? crushing yeah. and normal so i should have played through it on crushing oh well i'll play it again it's <laughs> short and fun and um I did do a couple of trophies on my second playthrough, like with using various guns and like some of those like weapon sequencing sure. stuff that they had for Uncharted Four. Um, but yeah, it's it's cool. Look for more treasures before opening up a guide to crank through finding all the treasures. Nice. So I got pretty close. I just I just spent a lot of time just kind of walking around. Um, yeah, and then I've also been playing MLB The Show oh. Seventeen. So I mean, you're the game's a year behind, but you can just update the roster. So I just kind of been messing around on that for a little bit. Been in, in anticip- baseball mood. Yeah, I've been in anticipation of um, baseball season. And then last night I got the digital version of Pokemon Silver. So I've been playing that for about a day. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And uh, how far are you in Silver? <laughs> One gym badge down. Six, Six to go? No. Well, it's Silver, so it's actually 
14 more to go because you go to, oh, like, yeah, to the Kanto region. Both, yeah. yeah. Um, watching, I've been rewatching the Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. So uh, have I. In so have chronological I. order, starting with Iron Man, and I just finished Iron Man 3, so I've watched seven out of what do they have like 18 or something like that it's, it's a heinous amount out of how many marvel movies there's yeah. like 20 something yeah so i'm about a third of the way through the marvel movies in anticipation of uh, infinity war the hype trains are rolling man yeah. i can't wait I, I don't think i've been this excited for a movie since seven since episode seven yeah yeah i, I would agree it's pretty it's pretty impressive how can't excited wait. they're they're getting us with the can't marketing wait. poise um and then reading just uh Weekly Trips to the Comic Store, and A Tale of Two Cities by Sir Charles Dickens. Okay. Yeah, which is, if you've ever wanted to feel like a dummy, read Charles Dickens, because, <laughs> oh my God. Or the Silmarillion. S- such flowering language is going to drive you crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But that's uh, that's been my march in terms of consumption of stuff, and then work. Okay. Nice. Yeah. How about so, yourself? Yeah, so for me, uh, the last time we talked, uh, when we were in, when I was in uh, in Cleveland hanging out with you, the last time we did the the Hangover show, which again I apologize. Hangover four. Yeah, Hangover <laughs> Part Four. I apologize for my uh, my uh, my lack of ability on that show because I was I was certainly having a rough morning, but pushed on through anyway. Uh, around that time, I was playing. I've been still playing Overwatch. Every now and then, I'll you know I've been I've been booting it up recently, trying the new characters. Uh, Brigitte has just been released, and she's awesome. If you had any care at all, she's great. She's a support healer with a mace that flings forward and a shield that can bash motherfuckers. It's tough. It's good. <laughs> um, but right before my trip to Colorado, I was looking for a Switch game, and uh, you know because I've beaten Mario Odyssey, I've beaten Zelda. Those are like the two games that I really care about on the platform. So I was looking for something else that I could play with me on the plane, and you know we had downtime in the Airbnb or whatever. And so I picked up a little game called Celeste. Yeah. Have you heard about Celeste? Heard about it. Okay. So it's a um, 16-bit ish side-scrolling parallax platformer puzzle game. Uh, by Matt Makes Games, who famously uh, came out with Towerfall Ascension mm-hmm. on the PS4, and I believe it's on the Xbox. And I don't know if it's on Switch yet, but uh, Towerfall is like one of my favorite co-op games of all time. Fun arena shooter where you have little bows and arrows, and there's like a jump and dash mechanic. Uh, Celeste is that, but with a whole full-fleshed-out single-player storyline. There's no multiplayer in Celeste, as far as I can tell, but uh, basically you're this girl... And you're trying to climb this mountain, and the story develops from there. Climb uh, every mountain. <laughs> but it's got it's a it's twenty dollars right now, I think, for the game. And uh, when I finished it, my playtime clocked in at about ten hours. Mm. So, and there's still more that I haven't done. Um, every level has its own half level, which is a, a harder version of the level where there's different puzzles and harder make harder jumps to make and uh a little bit faster pace more enemies blah 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 blah. and uh let me tell you what man i have i love this game good i think it's fantastic the music is great the the visuals are unbelievable i mean it's some gorgeous pixel art uh really fun and challenging i never i never really felt frustrated by the game but there were some moments where i had to pause it and set the set the switch down and be like i i can't deal with this right now i gotta come back in a little bit uh it's got a really minutes later yeah (laughs) it's got a really awesome mechanic where as soon as you die it just immediately starts you back over 
at the so it's by frame so it's like if you lose a frame you don't get sent back to the very beginning of the level there's none of that bs you keep doing that frame until you pass it and they even say there's like on the loading screen they say it multiple times and say don't be ashamed of dying it's like you know that you're getting better at the game and it's really really well thought out and huh. uh the most the most important thing that I don't think enough reviewers are really harping on is the story. There is an awesome awesome story in the game, and there's characters that you know actually have they, they don't have dialogue. They all speak in Animal Crossing language, so it's like and they, it's when like the they, parents from Charlie Brown, basically, yeah. <laughs> but it's a really great story about like hardship and dealing with you know, stress and anxiety Sounds and like, like the last Jedi. It's very, Oh yeah. It's the last Jedi video games. That's for sure. Uh, but I really suggest anyone pick this up if they're looking for a nice, like just like a small game to pick up and play. It's really, really fun. I can see myself coming back to it for the harder levels. And mm-hmm. to, it's a collect-a-thon too. There's little strawberries in each level that you have to pick up and get. And some of them are in like places where it's like, how in the goddamn hell am I going to jump up and get that strawberry? Yeah. It's really, really great. Really rewarding. Cool. All right. Well, uh, if you guys are interested in that kind of game, go check it out. You heard it here from For sure. Master Rotello. Oh, I'm the master. Master of the fine arts. Uh, I've been re-watching Marvel. We'll talk about that in a little bit when we bring up some Marvel news. But yeah. uh, Legion. Started re-watching Legion. I'm on part seven of season one. Enjoying it more than I did the first time. And I think, uh, I think I'm enjoying it more because I sat down and watched all six all six chapters in one day. I had a lazy day. Just pounded through it. Yeah. Watched six chapters in one sitting while I was playing some Overwatch. And uh, I got to say, I didn't expect it to get so horror-y. There's some... He's re- a pretty messed up character. Yeah, he's a messed up character, but the world around it is very... Uh, it's The atmosphere that they're able to create is very spooky. And I wasn't expecting it to be that necessarily... That, to lean that heavily into horror. I thought it was going to go way more sci-fi, but it's, yeah. it's it's basically a horror show. Okay. And I really enjoy that. Good. I think that... It's like um, Stranger Things horror? Uh, scarier. Well, I mean, Stranger Things is like is like cheesy 70s horror, you know? It's 80s. like 80s horror. Yeah. Cheesy, cheesy 80s horror where it's like... like gremlins there's a, and shit. There's yeah. a big monster, but like you don't really ever see it. There, You know, the kids are funny. There's... I don't know. Legion actually has some stuff where it's like really kind of bizarre and messed up. Yeah. Uh, Do they talk about um, like Xavier or anything like that? Like, is it connected to the Fox X Men? Well, so films? you haven't you haven't watched Legion at all? No, I just I know about okay. the character. Um, yeah. No, I, they haven't really dived into that though, and uh, I'm not going to spoil anything about the show. Like certain someone spoiled something for me. Okay, just kidding. Listen, I'm, so, I'm sorry. So that I was didn't so know. two years ago. It was so two years ago. Yeah, <laughs> uh, let me say this though. It, it it's does not, it ruin it if you? It know has that? not been infecting my enjoyment. Knowing, however, <laughs> they are building to the reveal, and I think. Oh. I think sorry. I. I mean, like they they. I'm assuming that that's how the first season is going to end, but I don't know. Uh, they just announced the second season. It's coming out yeah. uh, soon, yeah. and there's 17 episodes. So it's it's considerably longer than the first season, which I think only had nine. So I'm looking forward to watching it uh, as it comes out because cool. I like the characters that they have so far. Aubrey Plaza is, like, blowing me away. I didn't know she was in it. Yeah, she's great in it. She is great, great, great. She I watched is the highlight of the show. Recently. I watched Ingrid Goes West. Did oh, you okay. see that? I've been seeing ads for it, but I haven't watched it's it. It's good. Really? It's on Amazon okay. Prime Video right now, so you can watch it for free. Um, 
But yeah, she's great in it. Uh, the lady who plays Scarlet Witch, the Olsen oh, Elizabeth girl, Olsen. she's awesome. Cool. Um, but I like the standout for me was O'Shea Jackson Jr. Mm-hmm. He's in it. Ice Cube's son. Ice Cube's kid. Yeah. Dude, that actor. I've only seen him two movies of them. I've seen Straight Outta Compton and this one, but he's pretty great. Cool. Um, he plays a landlord who is working on writing his own Batman script in Hollywood. So it's pretty funny. Interesting. He's like obsessed with Batman forever and stuff. It's, it's hilarious. Uh, but yeah, that's a good movie. If you haven't seen it, it's like, okay, I'll it's it a really list. good mental health awareness type movie. It was, it's like so intriguing and disturbing at yeah. the same time, but also funny. So yeah, check it out. It's, okay. it's worth a watch. I think we'll do also, the kid, uh, Kurt Russell's kid is in it. You know who I'm talking about? Uh, um, I can't remember his first name. His last name is Russell. But he's also in the Black Mirror episode with the virtual reality horror house. And he's in 22 Jump Street. He's the football quarterback. I haven't seen either of those. Oh, my goodness. I'm blanking on his name. Anyway. He's a good actor. Okay. I'm fairly impressed with that guy. He cool. needs to be in more stuff. Well, I will add Inger Goes West to my list of movies. Yeah. Speaking of movies, I saw, I saw two. Okay. Two uh, with the other movies. So I watched, uh, I think on the last episode, I had watched Darkest Hour. Did we talk about that on the last yes, episode? I think? Yeah. Okay. So I've been trying we to. We talked about the Oscars on the last one. So I still haven't seen uh, many of the other Oscar nom like Shape movies. Of Water. Saw Shape of Water. Oh, you did? Yes, I did. And? Have you seen Shape of Water? No. Okay. Uh, Shape of Water is a perfect movie. Really? Yeah. Okay. Shape of Water is, I mean, like... Deservedly of everything that it got? I think so. I mean, (laughs) like I said, I haven't seen Lady Bird. I haven't seen Three Billboards. And I haven't seen... uh, What's the other big one that was nominated? It was... Get uh, Out? No, I've seen Get Out. Um, I'm blanking. The Post? The Post. I haven't seen The Post. Yeah, Uh, it didn't really do well, though. uh, No, not really. It's like a generic generic Tom Hanks Meryl (laughs) Streep. Whatever acting, <laughs> acting. Yeah, uh, but yeah. let me ju- let me just say, man, Shape of Water uh, blew me away. I, uh, it it's not like one of my personal favorite movies I've ever seen. I don't even know if it cracks my top twenty, top fifty, even of like best movies in my, in my eyes. But like best or favorite, favorite. Let's say favorite. I was gonna say say favorite. There's no way. Say There's favorite. too many movies out there. There's a lot of movies, man. Yeah. But the whole time I'm watching Shape of Water, I'm just thinking of like, man, this is edited perfectly this is acted perfectly the soundtrack supplements the movie perfectly the story is like a fairy tale perfect it's it and the, the villain is perfect michael shannon yeah everything about it is just does he say i will find him no about the he does not creature? say that <laughs> but the entire time i'm watching this movie i'm just thinking man this is like this is if anybody questioned if movie i know they don't but if anybody were to question movies as art that I would show them Shape of Water and be like, "This is art. Mm-hmm. This is this is where we are with cinema. This is what we can accomplish." You know what I'd show? Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice. <laughs> <laughs> this is art. This is settle down, Martha. Um, nice, dude. Well, I'm glad you saw it. I yeah, have yet to see it. Add but... it to your list. Go check it out. It's it's really a, it's it's a it, I'd say it's like one of the must watches. Okay. Of the last five years. Cool. Uh, and then I also saw Isle of Dogs. Which is, as of right now, my favorite movie of 2018. Okay. So, Shape of Water came out 2017. 
Isle of Dogs, favorite movie so of 2018. 2018, so the only movies you've seen have been Black Panther and Isle of Dogs, right? Black Panther, Isle of Dogs, yeah. Annihilation. You saw Annihilation? Yeah. And uh, I think that's all I've seen in the theater since. Yeah, I've the only year. seen Black Panther. Okay. But uh, yeah, so cool. Isle of Dogs is great. If you like Wes Anderson, you're in for a treat. Um, I personally liked it better than Fantastic Mr. Fox, which I think a lot of people didn't, but I personally enjoyed Isle of Dogs. I think it's got a better story. Cool. And Brian Cranston. Amazing. He's yeah. He's the lead, yeah. Nice. I like Brian Cranston. Alright, well are you ready to jump into the news with me? Let's get it. That was a new jingle Photoshop. Um so let's start it off with some superhero movies. Okay. Just like we do every week. Yep. Basically. Just cause you know Every day, every week. <laughs> every week, every month. I wake up in the morning. Superhero. Looking at superheroes. Yeah. <laughs> um the biggest piece of news. About superhero movie jump. Biggest pizza news is that uh, Black Panther, Black Panther, according to, <laughs> so I'm gonna start that whole sentence over. Um, according to Box Office Mojo, Black Panther is officially now the number one highest grossing superhero movie of all time. So uh, round of applause there for Ryan Coogler and. Uh, so it surpassed uh, the Avengers. It which surpassed was the Avengers. The current. Uh, the lifetime gross of theaters for Avengers was 623 million. Uh, Domestic. And right? I don't know. It says it says lifetime gross theaters. I don't know if that means domestic or global. It's got to be domestic because it made like billions of dollars. Well. I'm confused by that metric. Anyway, yeah, keep going. <laughs> but Black Panther anyway, d- it did $673 million, So okay. about $16 million more. So far, yeah. and it's still rolling. It's still, you know what? That movie is going to be in theaters for a while. Potentially, it'll still be in theaters when Infinity War comes out. Yeah. Um, what's interesting Which is good, to me... because I need to see it again in my rewatch. What's interesting to me, <clears throat> the statistic that I didn't know about this, is that Black Panther was on less theater screens than Avengers. And Dark Knight, and Age of Ultron... And Dark Knight Rises, and Wonder Woman, and Iron Man three, and basically all of these, like in the top ten, Black Panther has the least amount of theaters listed there. It has four thousand and eighty four, while others are listed in the four thousand three hundreds and above. I think you could possibly, com- like, a reasoning behind that could be just like the lack of theater screens now. You know, because theaters are shrinking. Yeah both with the the type of seating that they have and stuff uh-huh. like that. So that could have something to do with it. But that is a shocking metric. It is interesting, but... Yeah. Either way, congrats to Black Panther. Yeah. Um, Wakanda forever. <laughs> from marvel.com, news.marvel.com, uh, they have some news about Captain Marvel. Uh, principal photography has begun, and uh, the movie is has an official March 8th, 2019 release date for Captain Marvel. Who's directing that? Uh, Carol Danvers. Soars on the big screen with their own solo adventure, Marvel Studios' Captain Marvel. Um, you didn't answer my question. Carol Danvers. Carol Danvers is the character. Oh, that's not... That's uh, Captain whoops. Marvel. Yeah. Who is the director? <laughs> Who is the director? Let's look at the director. <laughs> I didn't know that was her name. Carol Danvers as Captain Marvel. Yep. Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. <laughs> Hello, my ragtime girl. Send me a kiss by wire. Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck. Oh. I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is either. 
Um, <clears throat> but a big piece of news from this is uh, they added some additional cast members. They mm. also showed a set, not a set photo, but a photo of uh, Brie Larson in her pilot uniform uh, doing flight training. So they're actually giving her, like, U.S. military flight training. So, okay, so how much do you know about Captain Marvel? Not much at all. I, I can gather that she's a pilot. She's kind of like, <laughs> it's kind of like the Green Lantern okay. origin. Got it? Got it. Uh, they also added some extra cast that, like I said, uh, some people that we didn't know. Did you know Ben Mendelsohn's in this movie? Yeah. Okay. So I didn't know Ben Mendelsohn was in this movie. Uh, the other like everything (laughs) he's having, he's having quite the decade, honestly. And and Jude Law. Did you know Jude Law's in Captain Marvel? That I didn't know. Okay. Okay. Jude Law's in Captain Marvel. We have to talk about Fantastic Beasts on this episode too. Okay. By the way. The trailer? Yeah. Okay. We will. Wolf. Just remind me. Remind me in a sec. <laughs> okay. Uh, but then the two that are the big ones that are get, getting headlines are uh, Lee Pace is in the movie, and so is Clark Gregg. Uh-huh. Uh, so that Clark, makes sense. Yeah. Clark yeah. Gregg, Gregg famous as, uh, you know, Coulson. Making his cinematic return yeah. after Avengers, unless he shows up in Infinity War, which I don't see how you, you don't bring him back. Yeah, I think um, he shows up in both. He'll, yeah, he'll be. If there are sixty-four characters on that screen and one of them isn't Phil Coulson, I'm so- walking out. <laughs> uh, and then Lee Pace, uh, famously as Ronan the Accuser yeah. in Guardians of the Galaxy. Give um, that guy some more. Oh yeah, I love I mean? Lee Pace, man. Um, Lee Pace, awesome. I like the character a lot too. Yeah, uh, and I think that. You know, we we're talking a little bit off air before this. I think some of the problems that the earlier Marvel movies have is that they are they're one and done's with their villains so i think having this be a flashback type movie a movie that takes place almost a prequel if you will yeah you can go back and revisit some of those villains that maybe you know should have had more screen time sure with ronan being a good front runner potentially th- people like um red skull the mandarin yeah. stuff like that just i'd like love to see red skull come back go back and, and do stuff again or even the 10 rings from iron man you know sure. maybe not in captain marvel but something else yeah. in the future uh, so my the the, in, the inclusion of Lee Pace is bringing up a lot of uh, questions from the, from people about his necessarily fitting into Captain Marvel because he's not really a villain that Marvel, Captain Marvel deals with. I have an idea as to why um, a large comic storyline from the Marvel universe is the Kree Scroll War, and they had already announced that the Scrolls are going to be in it, which are like those green alien looking dudes. And then Ronan's obviously a member of the Kree Empire. Yeah. So I have a feeling more of like she's going to get thrust into a cosmic war between the Kree and the Skrull. And that's the role that he's going to be in. So he might not be the main villain. It'll I don't be, think he's the main villain. Yeah. yeah. The overwhelming majority of people seem to think that Lee Pace is going to be in it because you need some connection to Thanos on yeah. Earth. Okay. So because if my theory is correct, and I've read, an, I've read a number of, you know, fan theories on reddit that people seem to have this same sort of line of thinking uh if my theory is correct that infinity war ends with someone being someone or maybe some people or maybe a couple people or whatever are sent back in time to the 90s with the time stone to fix what's happening and that is the plot of captain marvel mm-hmm. which i think that it is i'm like 95 percent sure that I, that the reason why we're not going to get a Captain Marvel trailer is because a big part of that movie is going to be she's going to be hanging out with Peter Parker or someone. Mm-hmm. And uh, if that is the case, I think that Lee Pace is the connection there because you need someone to for Captain Marvel to 
be in kind of like conflict with, but not necessarily be conflict with the main antagonist, which is Thanos. Mm -hmm. And then I think that that's going to set her up to be bringing her into the present in Infinity War Part Two, where she then fights Thanos. Yeah, so maybe the uh, Ben Mendelsohn role is like the the scroll leader, and then you know, and then you have Ronan the yeah. Accuser. Um, here's an interesting thought. I like your idea better of having Peter Parker be the person that travels back in time, but I'd be worried that having him and Captain Marvel could potentially take away from her first go out as a solo film. What if it's um, Nick Fury? Because they've already announced that he's going to be in it. So like his conscious is traveled back in time because hmm. they've, already, they've already announced that he's going to have both eyes and he's going to be there and stuff like yeah. that. So maybe he's the, the guy that gets, I can see that, yeah. but I think the whole purpose of, I think the, I think why sending, I, why sending Peter, Peter Parker, Parker is the smarter decision. Don't get me wrong. Sure. Yeah. I think he's your new catalyst for going forward. Exactly. Yeah. That's why it would be a smart idea to send him back <clears> is because you need that fish out of water sort of dynamic. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that he shows up at the beginning of Captain Marvel I think it's, like I said, like the last shot of Infinity War, I bet you any sort of money, is the last shot of Infinity War is like Peter Parker in the 90s, like hearing about Captain Marvel. Mm. So, so like, kind of like how you see the photo for Wonder Woman. Sure. In so you're going to get Captain okay. Marvel's introduction, maybe some of her childhood, what she goes through, how she becomes and the hero. And then Peter shows up. And then the he end. shows up in the last, like, whatever, when he's fighting Ronan. Okay. I love and it. then it's like a Civil War sort of thing where it's like, it's just like Paul Rudd shows up in Civil War, you know? It's like you're not expecting it, but then there he is. He rolls out of a van. Paul Rudd kind of shows up in the Ant-Man movies, yes. too. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I still I still stand by that that's my theory, and I okay. think that Lee Pace being listed as casting is... It's uh, cool. ...is awesome. All and right. I think that that's... They're, if they lean into that, uh, that, I think, is the perfect way of solving this. I'm in, Let's, dude. Back oh, to the future wait. with Peter Parker? Give it to me. My only worry is that I'm hyping this up too much. I think you I mean, got, I, I mean I think you have a smart plan. I mean they haven't done a full movie before that takes place in another timeline. Yeah. You know, I think that makes a lot of sense. And if they don't, I'm going to be honest, I'll be a little disappointed cuz I like your MCU better <laughs> if they if they don't do that. I think you know, you have to think about what's the smart and I think that this is probably the first conversation they had when they were sitting down to write the Infinity War script when the Russo brothers got together. I think their first big question was how do we pay homage to to Marvel to MCU as a whole, and yeah. how do we gracefully let the people that a lot of people care about die, leave? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that that was the biggest question, and I think that the the way to do that is either to reverse time and reboot it, which I think is lazy. Just completely reboot it, like just have it be like Iron Man never existed, which is what is going to happen when they do Flashpoint. <laughs> He's going to go back in time, and then everyone's going to be gone besides Gal Gadot. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, so we'll see. I, cool. I just hope that I'm not like... I did the same thing with uh, with Winter Soldier, where it's like I had it dead set in my mind that Robert Redford was going to be revealed as Red Skull. Yeah. And then when it didn't happen, I was kind of let down. But that didn't affect from my enjoyment of the whole movie. So I hope that it doesn't do that for this one. I have a confession to make. Um... I was really gung-ho about killing off Captain America in Civil War, but I'm glad that he's going to be in the Avengers for the one last... Get this man a shield. Yeah, for one, oh. la for one last go out. Um, Kevin Smith talked about something really interesting that uh, kind of resonated with me as well based on listening to it. As he's like, I was re-watching the first Avengers and there's this part where um, Stanley Tucci's character is like, do you want to kill Nazis? And he's like, 
I don't want to kill anybody. He's like, I just, I don't like bullies. Yeah. And then flash forward to that image of him stopping the infinity the sh- gauntlet yeah. with oh, his hands. Yeah. And you're like, that's the biggest, baddest bully there is. Yeah. Which I thought was really cool. And it's like, yeah, I think that for him to go out in this grand scale Avengers movie, if he does, cause we all know that his contract's up and he said that after Avengers four, that he's done that we know of, um, I think that that's a better way for him to go out than the Civil War. So I retract my statement. I apologize to uh, Chris Evans and the Captain America fans out there. Yeah, but uh, that yeah. scene in Cap in First Avenger, man, that's like a perfect. That's I, just a great moment. The, that brings I me to tears every time. Everything leading up to um, when he's selling bonds. Not that I don't like what comes after that, but I think that that first half. That's is the so first strong. half of the, the her first half it's of the movie so is, is so yeah. is great. The, they um, they just struggle with action in the in this in the second half. Like yeah. they struggle with like they struggle with making an actual climax in that movie. Yes, the yeah. actual climax is really disappointing. Yeah. But then you get such a satisfying ending. Yeah, but I like think. him interacting with Bucky at the beginning and getting his ass kicked in the alleyway. Yep, that's a great um, scene. The part where he pulls the pin out of the flagpole yeah. and gets the flag. Oh, I yeah. love when he jumps on the grenade. Every, everything like, at the... They the established awesome. the character really well. Mm-hmm. Potentially almost as good as they established Tony Stark in the first half hour to an hour in the first I think, Iron Man. I think better. Because you get to see him have like an actual arc. Like Tony, Tony goes through a kind of an arc, but that... The problem is they're... They're two very opposite characters, sure, and that's sure. why yeah. they butt heads so well. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I after rewatching it, yeah, um, I think we couldn't be any more excited for Infinity War for sure. Yeah. Um, Kudos to them, man. They put in a lot of hard work, and yes, we've paid them a shit ton of money oh, to yeah. do it, but at least they're doing it right. Oh yeah, for sure. So, and uh, look forward to the future. Uh, at some point here, hopefully before Infinity War, or at least soon during Infinity War, we're gonna do our review of the movie. And we'll do our rankings of yeah. after Infinity War, where it sits on the timeline, where we like it, what we have predictions for, and so we're gonna be jazzed about that. So look forward to yeah, that. Yeah, leading up to it, hopefully we will have rewatched most, if not all, yeah. of the Marvel movies leading up to it, and we can give you a pre-ranking rehash. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe even a timeline run through. I wouldn't be surprised if the Infinity War review episode is like a two-parter. Yeah. So sounds fun. All right, so. Um, we got some new release dates, John. Yeah. For X-Men, Dark Phoenix, and New Mutants, uh-huh. they've both gotten delayed. Uh, Dark Phoenix moves from November 2nd, 2018 to February 14, 2019. And then... Valentine's Day, the Phoenix. And then the New Mutants Whoa. moved from February 22nd, 2019 to August 2nd, 2019. So they both got delayed a pretty significant amount of time. Um... I want Any thoughts on that or I mean it makes sense I think because of the Fox deal um, maybe some stuff got shuffled around so that sure. that could be a reasoning uh, they're also just big projects and you know stuff originally got moved around without us knowing but sure. now in the light of the digital age we are aware of things more often um, I want both of them to be good especially Phoenix after the abysmal event that was Apocalypse, but uh, they need a recovery, man. I think. I mean, like Logan was a recovery, but that wasn't really an X Men movie, so no. Um, I don't know. I'm just really worried. I like Jessica Chastain quite a bit. I think she's a really good actor. Yeah, I agree. And uh, her being potentially Lalandra or whatever role she's going to play in this movie could be really cool. Yeah, but I still think it's not the right time to do that story because we only had one movie with this. Cyclops and Jean, and that is a very pivotal 
um, relationship that yeah. needs to be established before you do a Dark Phoenix, which they did kind of in the first go around, yeah. but then they botched it in their execution of it. So I just think it's too soon. And like, I get it. They want to keep throwing McAvoy and Fassbender out there while they're still willing to do it. And unfortunately, Jennifer Lawrence, who needs to cash a check apparently. Um, but yeah, I don't know. In light of the Disney acquisition, I kind of just like wish everything that isn't Deadpool and yeah. X-Force is kind of thrown to the wayside. I think these movies, <coughs> I think both of these movies are going to be pretty bad. I'm just going to say it like right out the gate. Yeah. I think that they're both going to be like pretty much like maybe a little bit better than Apocalypse. Maybe. I think, I think Phoenix will be uh, fair to poor. And I think um, New, Mutants. New Mutants will be... I don't think it's going to be good. No. I really don't. Um, which is unfortunate because that first trailer got me kind of psyched for a horror type movie, but yeah. then they changed all that. So, yeah. But I think they'll both be bad, but I think they'll be looked at the lens, looked at through the lens of everybody saying like, well, they were rushed and stressed because of the acquisition deal. So I think they'll get a little bit of they'll grace because of that. Okay. Not a pass. They'll get a little <laughs> bit of grace. Okay. Because... Yeah. You know, I, I think that it's just further proof that they didn't really know what was happening with the Disney deal. And obviously the cast and crew were like, well, we have this script. We've already paid for a lot of the production costs. We have to make this movie. We can't just stop because then we're in the hole 40, 50 million. So let's just make the movie. And and I think that if had things had the Fox deal been a little bit earlier, both of these would have been scrapped. Yeah. And then they would have just like saved the cost of the production of the films because it's expensive. And these movies probably aren't going to make their money back. Yeah. I can't imagine that they're going to make their money, especially Dark Phoenix, because that movie's going to cost, like, what? $300 million. Not, <laughs> it's not going to be that expensive, but, like... It'd be close to $200 million. Yeah, something like that. Something yeah. like $200 million is probably accurate. They say they're going cosmic with it, so it's going to have an expensive CG budget. Oh, yeah. Um, we'll see how it fares. They're going to have to ride on the Deadpool 2 train and hope that that's successful, which I don't see how it wouldn't be. Um, what did you think of the official trailer for that uh this is the one with like the way they talk about the kid and, and the sisterhood okay, of the okay, traveling yeah. parents. Uh, it was yeah. okay uh, yeah i wasn't like blown away by it i thought the trailer with him playing with the dollhouse is way better i love that one yeah sure of deadpool yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i don't know i'm kind of just i'm kind of like not thinking about deadpool because i kind of want I, I was surprised by deadpool one I didn't expect it to be great, and it ended up being really, really great. Yeah. You know, so I'm hoping that the second one blows me away, too. But I do like, like the part where they're talking about, like, stopping after two. You know, it's like, you do two, you don't, right? Yeah. yeah. Three is crazy. <laughs> because all of Fox's third installments of their franchises have been bad. Oh, yeah. So, with the exception of Logan, technically. But, uh, yeah. We'll that see. is a third iteration. That's true. That's That's interesting. I never thought about that. It's, yeah. All right, so uh, moving very on. Very rarely is the third installment the best. I think Logan, Thor Ragnarok, Revenge of the Sith. You could make a case for Captain America, for Civil War being the I best of the three. The I best. think yeah. Winter Soldier is the best of the three, too. But yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> Avengers. There's about to be three of them. There's gonna be four though. That's true. That's run. true. You know, like if you're if you're looking at trilogies, maybe yeah. Planet of the Apes. Oh, the I ones. love Planet of the Apes. I yeah. still think the second one's my favorite. Yeah, that's. F- I mean, again, exactly. We're yeah. picking and choosing here, but from uh, from Variety, 
Narcos star Pedro Pascal lands key role in Wonder Woman sequel. This is an exclusive. This is good. Uh, Director Patty Jenkins is bringing on Pedro Pascal for a key role in her Wonder Woman sequel starring Gal Gadot. The Narcos star is on board for the follow-up. Joining Kristen Wiig, who is tapped for the villain role of Cheetah, the film would mark the second time Pascal and Jenkins have worked together, having previously teamed up on the TV movie Exposed. Have you seen Exposed? I think it... No. Okay. I, I have not even heard of it, really. Yeah. Um... There's no word as to who Pascal will be. Do you have any guesses, our DC expert, John? Um, I really do not. I don't. My hope to God would be that he is the Martian Manhunter. Oh. And that's, that's his human form, alter ego of John Jones. Because uh, I think that'd be... My hope to God. <laughs> that would be so dank if they're like, John Jones, the Martian Manhunter, has been living amongst us in Earth since the Cold War, even before that. Sure. But he just hasn't resurfaced until they bring him into a present-day role later on. I think that that would be dope if he was in it. And that's like a secret that Diana has been keeping all through everything. Um, but yeah, other than that, I don't really know. He could be playing one of the gods or something like that. That's that's a fair thing. Yeah. Um, I am a little bummed. They said that it's taking place in the 80s, around the, that part of the Cold War. I think you're making a mistake because the more intenser parts of the Cold War in the 50s and 60s, I think that would have been a better period piece to do because the 80s is like the latter part of it with like Reagan and Gorbachev and stuff like that. Anyway, that's me picking and choosing. But yeah, I don't really know. My... Dreamcast would be that he's playing John Jones. Interesting. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I don't like that it's in the DCEU, but I like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Wonder Woman is kind of the outlier here. You know? Yeah, We're but treating they can say that all they want. But it's not. But it's not. I know. It's not. Yeah, they can say that all they want, but at the end of the day, Hopefully she's they still... listen to our show, and this guy is... Because then you, you get... Because um, uh, he's Hispanic, correct? Pedro Pascal? Yes. I'm assuming he's his I, I, I haven't watched Narcos in a while, but I think that that, to have a main character be played by a Hispanic is, is one of the yeah. uh, superhero castings that we're missing now. Um, I mean, you have, like, supporting characters, but, like, a good one that could potentially lead mm-hmm. uh, a solo franchise. Would be sure. Really cool. And I think John Jones is a great way to go about that, you know. Interesting. All right. Well, hopefully, uh, whoever's in charge of DC, it seems they rotate every week. But hopefully, they're <laughs> listening to our show. They just have a bunch of names on a dartboard, and they're like, "Well, shit, we lost this one." <laughs> they're like, "Oh no, Zack Snyder again!" <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, I'm still outside. <laughs> uh, Aquaman director James Wan has revealed why we haven't seen a trailer yet. Did you read this? I did not. Okay, so I did not. <laughs> Uh, Aquaman, Warner Brothers, and DC's follow-up film to Justice League doesn't hit theaters until December 21st, uh, but that hasn't stopped fans from demanding to see the first footage of the movie via a debut trailer. Merry Christmas, right, Aquaman? Some Some assumed it would be attached to Warner Brothers' late... Wonder Bros. (laughs) Uh, Some assumed it would be attached to Ready Player One, but Uh, the film's director, James Wan, has taken to Twitter to reveal that's not the case. Fans will have to continue waiting for the first Aquaman trailer, and Juan explains why. First off, before I read this, do you have a theory about what? Do you know what? Do you, what do you think he's about to say? I. Th- you want to know what I? Let's think? play a game of what's Juan wa- walking. What's he talking about? I think if you're the Warner Brothers marketing team, 
that shit is gonna get buried by um, Avengers, Deadpool, and Solo. So I say you drop that trailer in the middle of the summer, June after those movies come out, June or July. Yeah, when you're going up against like Ant Man and the Wasp, you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, That's my I bet theory. they wait for some what, what did he say? Uh, what he says is he says, Hey friends, I usually do my best to avoid internet noises, especially fabricated distractions, but a teaser trailer going out this weekend was never in the books. Despite what some claim, it's be- not because any of anyone or any nefarious reason holding it back, it's me. I'm simply not ready to share. The movie is filled to the gills with VFX and the process is as slow <laughs> and laborious as That's a, a sea pun. slug. <laughs> yeah. Yes, even shots for the trailers take forever to do, and I refuse to put out anything that might be construed as subpar. I know it seems like nothing much is brewing above the surface, but I can assure you we're working nonstop under the waves. It keeps going. Nonstop under the waves. And yes, I plan to use Oceanic Puns references every chance I get. Does this mean that the the script has a lot of ocean puns? I bet you it does. God damn it. I know. Um, This movie's going to suck. It's going to be bad. I it's going to be, like, I really higher, bad. I have higher hopes than you do I think it's for it. Terrible. I think James Wan needs to get a little more credit. But we'll see. I told you that I would enjoy the movie as long as Black Mana is Black Manta in it. So as long as he's there, <laughs> you can chalk that up as a W in my book. That's a character that shouldn't work on a movie screen. So if he works in any way, shape, or form, I'm happy, honestly. Like I am. I a, really hope that that's you That's a goofy-looking guy. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you he's not going to wear that mask. I bet you he's just going to be doing a black suit and they're going to call him Black Mana. This isn't Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. You don't have to do that stuff anymore. You know what I mean? When the VFX budget for this is all under... This is what I was telling you about. Remember, they're remember broken few, bubbles. All right, that makes it easier. <laughs> you can animate the water. Yeah. And, like, and like, if Mara is a character, unless they change her outfit, from the neck down, she's all CG. In the Snyder version. You could sure. change that. You could. Yeah. Um, I remember we had a pod, we had an episode of the show like a few months ago, I think around the time of Justice League's release, yeah. where I was saying that Aquaman's going to be kind of a disaster because it's like, if you're doing it about Atlantis, and if you're doing it mostly underwater, you're gonna that's going to be an expensive, expensive movie. And I kind of believe him when he's saying like the VFX just isn't ready. Like there's a ton of it to do. I you bet. No, you just got to cast a bunch of mofos that can hold their breath really long. <laughs> <laughs> you take a GoPro down there. They just have like a list. It's like days without people drowning. <laughs> it's like a race at zero. zero. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll see. I think uh, if it works, I think it'll be very. It's going to be a breakthrough, you yeah. know? Uh, but if it doesn't, it's just going to be a CGI shit fest that was Justice League, you know? It's going to be. Because that portion in Atlantis in Justice League is terrible. not good. It's it is really not, bad. It is not good, No, to bad. say the it's least. Really um, yeah. But there have been, like, those those um, production stills of Mera, and I thought she was wearing, like, a real costume. And then we saw Justice League, and it was like, but to be fair, in Justice League, everything was CGI. <laughs> so, except Alfred. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Even so Superman's suit had, like, parts of it that were CG. Mm-hmm. Did you know that the capes are fake? Yep. Come on, man. Like, I mean, it's kind of cool because, like, at least... Because I heard about that from Man of Steel, like, back in the day. And that they show the VFX before and after shot of when he's floating in the air and then yeah. they animate the cape behind him. Yeah. And it looks, like, pretty real. Yeah, I know it looks real, but, like... It's not a mustache. Good point. Is Thor's cape CG'd? I, I feel know. like a couple times it is. That thing here. Sorry, he doesn't really wear them that much, though. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I, 
the thing is, is that like most of the stuff in Marvel when they're walking around is like practical. It's just when they start flying. There's and not fighting, a lot of Marvel like, character. I mean, the the Doctor Strange cape CG, yeah. obviously, um, but there's not a lot of characters in Marvel that have capes. Coffee pot. Coffee pot. Off. Yeah, he's like, he's like, I'm done. I'm out. It's our cue to move on to the next story, which is that FX has pulled the plug on Marvel's Deadpool animated TV series from Donald Glover. Says, and quote, he is not happy. <laughs> Due to creative differences, FX, Donald Glover, Stephen Glover, and Marvel Television have agreed to part ways on Marvel's Deadpool animated series. The network said in a statement Saturday, quote, FX will no longer be involved with the project. FX and Marvel have an ongoing relationship through our partnership on Legion, which will continue, end quote. Uh, apparently it's like just straight up creative differences sources say that Marvel didn't agree with Glover's vision for the show based on scripts written by Glover FX supported the brothers who have overall deals at FX productions so FX with Donald and Stephen Glover pulled out from the project Um, it was set to be produced by Marvel in an association with FX productions and ABC Signature it is unclear whether Marvel TV and ABC will continue to pursue the project. The rights to the Deadpool character are owned by Fox. The Deadpool live-action movie starring Ryan Reynolds became one of Fox's highest-grossing... That can't be true, right? I'm, well, it's owned... So they've acquired Fox. So the rights for Deadpool now lie within Disney, right? Uh, I think after a certain... Like, after a certain... After a certain year. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because like all the box office that they get for Deadpool tool this summer is still going to Fox. Yeah. But, I mean, still backing that truck up to Mickey Mouse's house. <laughs> yeah. I shower in money. Give me that quiche. <laughs> um, huh. Which is kind of a bummer, because that like, that's a cool idea. Is I'm Donald Glover's Glover. brother named Adultish Gambino? Boom. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> uh, from Collider.com. <laughs> Everyone's favorite director, Colin Trevorrow, is returning to direct Jurassic World 3. Jurassic World 3 now as a director, and it's not exactly a huge surprise. While Jurassic Park reboot was in the work for years, it finally came to fruition with 2015's Jurassic World to a box office record smashing results. Um, Colin Trevorrow was handpicked to breathe new life, blah, 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 blah. This is just sucking his dick. Um, where is the news? Y'all know he got, they're burying the lead. Y'all know he got fired from episode nine, right? Yeah. <laughs> that guy's can't be that good of a filmmaker. All right, well, I don't know. How, this story is <clears> written <throat> terribly. But anyway, Colin Trevorrow is back for Jurassic World 3. Do you care? Uh, I don't even care about Jurassic World 2. Nope. So That trailer is terrible. That's a terrible trailer. Goldblum's pretty cool. Yeah, but it's like his editing is messed up and his VFX don't... His voice Life lines... finds a way. Life uh, finds a way. He doesn't say, ah, uh, that's the problem. Life, uh, uh, Life finds a way. And then my favorite line from Thor Ragnarok is like, on any other planet, I'd be like 3,000 years old, but here... And he just stops <laughs> talking. It's the best. Line. I just it's my like favorite his is eyes are just oh, it's so good. I like when he's like you're dismissed from life. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, melts that guy. Oh my god! <laughs> Smell it's yeah. unbearable. The Grandmaster is great. Have you watched the um, the Team Daryl stuff with the Grandmaster that's on the Thor Blu-ray? Uh, no, you I know don't how have they the did Thor that. They, you know how they did that Team Thor stuff leading up to Ragnarok where like civil war is going on and it's like Thor oh, yeah. in like board okay. shorts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they have a thing where like the grand master becomes Daryl's new roommate after Thor. It's pretty funny. That's funny. Yeah. Cause it's just, get, it's just Goldblum being, being himself. Oh, I love Goldblum. Uh, Me too. Uh, keeping on with the movie news here. We got one more new movie news story. Um, 
Ready Player fan, One. You want to do Fantastic Beasts oh, yeah, after yeah, yeah. Okay. Ready Player One? So, yeah, Ready Player One won't take long. Uh, but it's sitting at a 77% on Rotten Tomatoes right now, certified fresh. Heard it's very fun. Uh, audience score is at an 80%. Yeah. Uh, average review is a 7 out of 10. Fresh 181 reviews, Rotten 53. Uh, Reddit seemed to really enjoy it. I was looking through the the Reddit discussion for the movie, the official discussion, and uh, a lot of people are giving it pretty high praise, more th- more so than I would have expected. It's got the DeLorean and the Iron Giant in it. You know, I've heard it's it's an Easter egg palooza. So, yeah, I've just heard it's like a fun, fun romp. Yeah. I'm uh, interested, definitely more peaked than before because people were being so hard on this movie. I was so expecting it to be middle like middle of the road Spielberg movie sure. from what I've heard. Which, you know, it's no Jaws or Raiders of the Lost Ark, but it it's comparable to some other quality stuff that he puts out. The interesting thing that I've heard and like the biggest criticism is that the writing is bad. Which is like that's really kind of interesting that Spielberg would allow like a poorly written movie to be like directed by him, you know? I <laughs> came with the crystal skull. <laughs> Not a badly written movie. BFG. <laughs> uh, Big okay. giant. So are you going to go see Ready Player One in the theater? Uh, if I have time. I'm not like, there's really nothing until the Avengers that I'm like rushing out to see. Because like I would see Tomb Raider if I felt like an over like an a, a need to go see it but i you know some of the stuff it just might have to wait yeah um, i would like to see it in the theater though i'm sure it's one that's like very enjoyable on a grand scale like dunkirk like i don't think i would have endu- enjoyed dunkirk on home video but seeing it in theaters is worth the time yeah okay and then uh you news me up on fantastic beasts here buddy you, okay. you take did you watch the trailer I, I, uh, I did first impressions uh, it looks pretty bad dude they tricked us they sold us on a prequel series <laughs> they're like yeah. they're like don't tell everybody it's a prequel because the Hobbit and the Star Wars movies weren't received as well but it's a prequel to Harry Potter boom Dumbledore's here um, so I think Grindelwald still looks horrible oh, yeah, I don't know why they make him look the way he is the plot seems to be, I don't know, I couldn't quite, why can't Dumbledore fight Grindelwald himself? He has to keep Newt's commander, who is supposed to be our Harry Potter, but isn't. And they already revealed He's that like a poor, 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 poor man's protagonist. They already revealed that Dumbledore uses his magic and fights in the movie. They already revealed that his friend is back from his memory loss. Uh, it just looks like a, cl- a cluster of nothing that I really care about, except yeah. except the part where that Hogwarts. I was I okay, was in for yeah, that. Yeah, that was cool for sure. And then the other, the other thing is that I am really confident that um, what's the actor's name that's, pl- that's playing Gandalf? Gandalf, <laughs> Jude Law. Jude Law. He'll be the best part. Yeah, of the he'll movie. be the best part of the movie. And I really hope the problem is that they're trying to force feed us everyone else. Yeah, like uh, I don't understand. I don't understand whose idea it was to make Newt Scamander the main character of these movies, you know? Well, and they're bringing back a new Bella, like a new Lestrange played by, um, is it Zoe Kravitz? Is that, that's, it's like, it's Kravitz's kid or sister or whatever. Whoever was the bug lady in, in first class, the stripper. Gotcha. Um, she's going to be the Lestrange. You got everyone coming back from the first one, Sans Colin Farrell, which is a huge mistake because he was my favorite part of the first Fantastic Beasts. Um, like you said, Kowalski has his memory back. Like, 
It's just it's a Johnny, bad, it's a I don't, bad trailer. No I don't know if Johnny shit. Depp is a good choice for Grindelwald. I think Colin Farrell would have been better as just Grindelwald the whole time. Yeah, I um, think they were just banking on people going like, "Oh my god, I know who that is." And then he, <laughs> and then he turned out to be a wife beater. So. Well, allegedly. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's. I don't know. I'm not. It's I'm not excited. Sure. Yeah, me either. But. There were parts of it where I was watching and I was like, that's really cool. But it's because they're playing into my nostalgia yeah. factor, which is what the Hobbit movies and the prequels do, which is like, yeah, Dumbledore's a teacher and he's hanging out in that Defense Against the Dark Arts classroom that you like so much. And you're like, oh, yeah, I do like that so much. But then, you know, it's just like, just go watch Harry Potter yeah. because I'm really worried about these movies and they're apparently making a bunch of them. And for some reason, they are just putting all their eggs in one basket on continuing to call it Fantastic Beasts, and it's not about the beasts. Maybe it's the about worst the beasts within. <laughs> maybe the worst title for a blockbuster, ever. I think. Like overarching title. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic Beasts: The Crimes of Grindelwald. That's the worst title for a blockbuster movie, like a big main event movie. Since that Cowboys I, and since Aliens. <laughs> I like, like Fantastic Beasts worse than that. I like Cowboys and Aliens more. Yeah, for sure. John Favreau. Give him all the credit he needs. Yeah, Favreau's a G. Uh, yep. All right, so we got to move on here. We got three more stories left, so strap on your friggin' belts here, boys. Those. Um, boys. <laughs> Rick and Morty Season 4 is being held up by contract negotiations. Mm, no! So this has been updated, and it will continue to be updated. Uh, but if you don't follow Dan Harmon on Twitter, I suggest it out there if you guys want to go follow him he's he's a generally a really positive guy on twitter and that's i really appreciate that he's also really funny i mean he you know no surprise he's a funny guy just in general and uh he has thoughts about the rick and morty fan base or at least the ones that are vocal online and um the story reads as follows that uh series co-creators justin Rowland and dan Harmon say that rick and morty season four holdup is due to complicated contract negotiations uh, Roland has given his piece on Twitter, and Harmon spoke about it while guesting on Kevin Smith's po- Smodcast. Uh, Dan Harmon has spilled the sauce. I did listen to this. Yeah. Delays are, are par the course for Rick and Morty fans. Fans were treated to an excruciating two-year wait between seasons two and three, and it looked like it looks like they'll have to wait even longer for season four after Ryan Ridley suggested the series wouldn't return until 2019 or even 2020. However, co-creator and writer Dan Harmon has confirmed that Adult Swim and Cartoon Network's adult-oriented programming block has yet to renew Rick and Morty for its fourth season. Uh, In a discussion with a rude Rick and Morty fan who lashed out against Harmon for delaying the fourth season, Harmon suggested the series hasn't been picked up yet. He says, I hear you, tough spot. On one hand, it can be challenging, especially with crippling lazy alcoholism, to write a show that hasn't been ordered by a network. On the other hand, the thought that fans like you pay the price, I mean, I'm going to grab a drink. Um, so it, it's kind of like a back and forth. It's like there's possible that it's possible that they're just in these contract negotiations, or it's possible that they're not really seeing the return on investment on this show, and that they haven't really like because he says in his tweet, and I be, I believe him. I don't think he's lying that he hasn't written anything for season four yet. I believe it. If that's the case, we're going to be waiting a long time for season four. I mean, like maybe more than two years. Think about what a phenomenon Rick and Morty is. And it's still a cartoon on Adult Swim. You know what I mean? The yeah. the fact that, you know, everyone... You know, it's hard to find someone who hasn't watched it or doesn't like it. Um, I, can, I, I can see from the, uh, the return on investment thing, I think they're trying to get more. 
they should be trying to get more money from Adult yeah. Swim. I, I think that... For the order, you know. They could be trying to order more than 10 episodes, yeah, too. You that's know, true. Something like that's that. That's a good point, is that maybe Adult Swim is asking too much and they don't want to deliver that. Yeah. The, but the thing is, to me, it's like it blows it blows my mind that they... Because, like, like, Dan Harmon and, you know, uh, the other guy's Justin name. Royland. Justin Roiland. They might just be, like, very specific on how they like to write their, their shows and how they like to come up with their comedy and their story. But it blows my mind that Adult Swim ha- doesn't realize the lightning in a bottle that they have. And if you, d- if you like, so many things right now are, are become products of the, their oversaturation. Like, it's like DC. They're like, just throw as much money at these people as possible to make as many of these as fast as we possibly can. You know, it's like, you. I'm surprised that they don't offer them more money to make more of the show and just say, like, we know that you guys want to do 10 episodes and then, like, wait a couple years, but... We really like the show. People have a good response, but we want to make season four a 20-episode arc. Yeah. Will you take $10 million each? Like, it just blows my mind that there's not Rick and Morty coming out every year, multiple times. Like, you know, it's like, I do it's think crazy. That it's also a creative thing. I yeah. think that those guys are really funny and nice, and they come up with good stuff, but I think, you know, there could be some personal stuff that keeps them from being able to be as productive as people want. Sure. Um, I think also a show of that genius takes a while to write. I really do. And I'd rather them have quality over and over again Mm -hmm. than a pumped out every year, watered down version of Rick and Morty. Yeah, I agree. I, I like that there's a little bit of a gap, but two and a half or three years is too long. Yeah. Like it should be... It should be a recurring season until they stop. Like, it should be every year at a set time frame because that's how you get people that's excited for a show. Yeah. That's how it works. I mean, yeah. like, that's why Stranger Things works is because a year is just about enough time where I'm like, oh, I'm, in, I'm ready for some more Stranger Things. Or it's like... Game of Thrones suffers Game of from Th- the same thing. Game of Thrones definitely suffers from... And Game of Thrones is even worse in my book because you forget stuff. It's too big. It's, like, so dense, you yeah, know? that's true. But um, And talking about that book... Game of Thrones. That's a whole nother can of eggs. It's what, seven years since the last book came out? Yeah. Just end it. He's dead, dude. He's, Just he's end not, it. He's not going to finish it in his lifetime, which is sad for the people that have been invested in those novels since the 90s when the first one came out. We'll see. Yep. <clears throat> um, so we got two video game stories, and we're going to close the news section out. Uh, as we transition into April, it's time for those freebies. And uh, Xbox Games of Gold and PlayStation Plus games have both been announced. Have you looked at any of these? Yeah, the PlayStation Plus ones. I think Connor shared them with us. Cool. They've got some good lineups, right? Yeah, so for April 2018, for uh, Games of Gold with Xbox, you get The Witness, which is a puzzle game from the creator of Braid. Haven't played it, but it looks really fun. Uh, Really challenging is what I've heard, too. Also, Assassin's Creed Syndicate, which is the one set in London, is free. And uh, Cars 2 for Xbox 360 and Dead Space 2 for <laughs> Xbox 360 are free, along with uh, Far Cry Trials of the Blood Dragon, which is a uh, cool game. PlayStation Plus, the one we care about more. Uh, so available the first Tuesday in April, Mad Max, which is the open world, like, beat em up Wasteland exploration game is free for PS4, yep. which uh, I've been debating on buying for a long time because it always goes on sale for like four bucks. Yeah, but now it's free, so I have no excuse to try it now. And then uh, Trackmania Turbo, 
which is a VR compatible, like high speed racing game in the vein of Wipeout. Uh, looks really fun. Looks very nauseous inducing, which I'm excited for. Yeah. Uh, in Space We Brawl and Toy Home for PS3, and then 99 Vitus for PS Vita. And then Qbert Rebooted comes to PS3, PS4, and PS Vita. So you get three PS4 games this month if you have a PlayStation 4. Um, so yeah. Go check them out. Go check them out, folks. They're free. And uh, that does it for the news. All my papers have been... We do have these. Would you like to go through? I would love... A couple to. of them. Yeah, so... While uh, we're on the topic of yeah. video games, uh, if you guys are game sh- GameStop users and you have a rewards card, then you most likely get Game Informer every month. Uh, for their 300th issue, they have released their top 300 games of all time. And why don't we go through the top 10? Because we wouldn't be a internet-based thing unless we talked about top 10s at some point. Are you ready? Okay. Number 10. I'm ready, sorry. The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Number 10, Elder Scrolls V Skyrim. Number 8, Red Dead Redemption. 7, Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare. 6, Final Fantasy 6. 5, World of Warcraft. 4, Grand Theft Auto 5. 3, Tetris 2, Super Mario Bros. 3. And number 1, Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past. Yeah. Any discrepancies there in the top 10? Um... No, I mean... I have a few. The problem is, is that... Uh, you're talking about relevance, which is what... You're t- So, yeah, so with this list, it's not specifically, like, best in terms of what you can do, what you can, you know, the enjoyment you get out of the game, how, you, how it can play with others, the graphics, yeah. everything about it. What it really boils down to is, I'm sure that they have a list of editors in here, and mm-hmm. they probably all got into a room, and there were probably 20 of them, maybe 30 of them, and they all voted... On their favorite games or the games that they're most nostalgic for, the games they grew up with, most games relevant, that they're still playing. Revolutionary. Exactly. Yeah. What they have to say about pop culture and about, you know, the world around us and what was defining for a console, you know. Yeah. Every every that it's like all things considered. That's what a best list like this that's what a best of like top three hundred or whatever games list like this is. It's it's how does it stack up today? What does it say about the game, and do we like playing it? And uh, it, it, as that is a criteria, I totally agree with all of these. I mean, like, I wouldn't argue. I, w- I, would I have argue a couple f- discrepancies, okay. and they are as follows. I think they're a little too high on modern warfare because um, their point is about the um, campaign being a breakthrough in terms of like the first Call of Duty campaign that really resonated with people and then the multiplayer appeal. But I think that there are better Call of Duty games, Modern Warfare 2 being the one that comes yeah, to mind, I, that could be higher. Um, but other than that, I see the reasoning behind... This is the best Zelda game, arguably. Link um, to the past? Yeah. I think it's really, really strong in terms of gameplay and revisibility. Sure. Um, but Breath of the Wild is also a contender for some people I know. Um, and uh, you also have to think about Ocarina of Time. Uh, but that, that one, 64, yeah. doesn't hold up as well. I do think this is the best Mario game. Up for debate, I understand. But in terms of its relevance and what it did, yeah. understandable. Tetris, you can't not have that. It's yeah, I mean, Tetris is like still consistently the highest selling game of all time. Yeah. And I mean, it is like, it's revolutionary, man. The idea is so yep. simple. Yeah. Uh, and I think I of everything that- that's come from it, Dr. Mario, Candy Crush... Yeah, all kinds of stuff. Are you gonna throw shade at Grand Theft Auto? No. Okay. It's and I it's 
a wonderfully mastered. Yeah, it's a perfect. It's basically game. a perfect. It game. is a perfect game. Um, um, it's not my favorite, but no. I'm I'm agreeing about what why they chose yeah, exactly. these for sure. from the perspective of an editor for Game Informer. Yeah, maybe we just ran 5. in different circles, but like the Call of Duty thing, it's like yeah, I didn't get on the Call of Duty train until Modern Warfare Two. That yeah. was the one that I remember more people playing, but maybe we were just on the wrong train. Is that how it was we're for you too? That's the problem. Modern Warfare I guess 4 came out in 2007. Uh, so Modern Warfare 2, I remember... 10 years ago, then? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Final Fantasy 6, I know, is, is very relevant. I always thought that Final Fantasy 7 was the more popular and revolutionary one, but I also have never played a Final Fantasy game. So Final Fantasy 7 is considered like the best, one of the best PlayStation games. Um, it's a SNES game. Final Fantasy 7? Oh, sorry. Seven, six, six is a SNES game. Yeah, six is for the SNES. Uh, I've never played six, but I've heard nothing but great things about it. Yeah. Um, I think the reason why seven probably isn't on this list here is because it, it has aged poorly. Okay. Like, the battle system is still great, and I played it recently in the last year, uh, but man, does that game look like balls. It looks <laughs> dude, it looks so bad. Yeah. And that I mean, might like, be why Ocarina of Time doesn't yeah. age as well and I mean, the, like, for the Zelda standpoint. Sure. That's the thing is that like there's a great podcast I was listening to Game Scoop this past week and they were talking they had a good debate about how the best games that the games that will age the best are pixel art games. Yep. Because like polygons will always continue to be more advanced and you'll always get more lifelike features and as that progresses the older games will start to look worse, but pixel art is such a defi- defined art style that it will look good for 100 million years. Like Celeste is going to look beautiful yeah, forever because yeah shovel knight exactly because yeah. it's like these games are so designed and cartoony it's the same reason why like old mickey mouse cartoons still hold up cuphead oh cuphead yeah um but anyway yeah so the the modern warfare is really the only discrepancy i have i understand in the top I've, ten, in the top 10 yeah sure. um red dead redemption and i wouldn't say that you have to get rid of the call of duty game i would just say the one that they chose um, but if you're talking about multiplayer shooters i don't know why goldeneye didn't get higher than it did in this list Goldeneye doesn't play very well. No, but, but it's for relevance. For relevance, for relevance yeah. Red for Dead sure. Redemption, so so good, solid. Skyrim, talk about a global phenomenon. Witcher Three, I hear nothing but good things about. Michael's the one who's game. actually played a lot of it, and he loves it. Yeah, it's an incredible. Um, game. Just on the outside of the top ten, just a couple of things that I wanted to bring up. Miss Pac Man, I would agree. I wouldn't say as high as they have it, but I agree that that one's definitely better than Pac-Man. Sure. Uh, Minecraft, again, from a phenomenon space, standpoint. What space is Minecraft at? 12. 12? Um, maybe not quite as high, but again, this is Game Informer. and you, I think when they're making this, they're thinking about sales, too. Um, and also, if you think about what Minecraft did, starting from the development, the small that it did, and then when they got their check, which was, you know, for however many billion that they sold it for. Yeah. It's cool. I mean, I remember I remember playing Minecraft on a friend's computer in early access beta that was like free download on online in two thousand and like six. Yeah, two thousand. I mean, it was around the time of Call of Duty because it's like that game's been in development for a long time. Yeah. Um, and then a couple other highlights at number fifteen is our boy Bioshock two thousand seven. Would you kindly move that up on the list to like space number? four? Six. I <laughs> I would put it at. I'd probably put it right between Skyrim and Witcher. So here's what I would do. I would cut out Call of Duty Modern Warfare, 
and I would throw Bioshock in at seven. Um, I like Bioshock two more, but that's a personal thing. Mm. But I think in terms of the the game design and its relevance and importance and just how good it is, yeah. I'll put Bioshock one there at seven. Um, another one that I think is, I mean, obviously I'm biased towards The Last of Us, um, but I understand why. You know, that is as popular as it is, it could be kind of niche in terms of global phenomenon. Um, I'm surprised Super Metroid wasn't higher. Hmm. Yeah. I heard nothing but just like, oh, it blows your mind and it's so good. Um, and also Portal. Oh, I thought Portal, Portal would have been Well, higher. is Portal 1 or Portal 2 ranked higher? That's, Portal, a, that's Portal, a mistake. Portal, Portal 1 t- is Portal higher. Two it's is, at 30. Portal 2 is a thousand times <clears throat> better than Portal 1. And I don't understand how people think. I hear that debate all the time that Portal is better. Yeah. I don't understand why. I, Portal 2 um, is more fun. I was better. happy to see uh, Uncharted 4 crack the top 50 at For 44. Sure. That's cool, but I think that that's deservedly so. Yeah. I was surprised Mega Man 2 wasn't higher. This is the one that confused me. Uh, Pokemon Red and Blue is the highest rated Pokemon game they have in their 300, and I get it. It's because it's the first one. It sits at 37. Um, is there another Pokemon game on the list? Or yeah, just- Gold and Silver was on the list. Um, I always have thought that that's better. Um, that's like... When you think of a sequel, talk about a kick-ass sequel. Like, I understand it's it's an RPG game where you go out and catch animals. It's but baby's, baby's first RPG. You play, through, you play through an entire story arc, and then you go back and you revisit the one from the first game. That's yeah. pretty baller. It's a big game. Um, plus, I, I, I think that I think that the... Um, I think silver and gold age better because of the the color and red and blue is black and white. Well, that was my that was going to be my thing was that I think that... It should have been as, yellow. You could go for yellow, but as good as red and blue are, mm-hmm. I think fire red and leaf green are definitive versions of those games. And I think that they're... I would I, If I'm going to go back and play those again, I would rather just play fire red and leaf green or my personal favorites, Ruby and Sapphire. But... Uh, I was surprised that didn't crack the list. Um, Smash Brothers also pretty high. They have... I mean, like, that's, like, one of the best fighting they games They have Melee ranked higher than any of the other Smash games, which I would agree with. Oh, I would agree with that, too. Um, but, like, I mean, like... I, I think it's... I would have put it even lower. Yeah. I think it, it's yeah. just a party game, you know? For sure. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of if there's any other ones that stuck out to me that I thought got a little robbed slightly. I was happy to see... That's surprising that Mario 64 is so low, because that is the best... N64 game and it yeah. like still plays well today even though it doesn't hold up visually yeah uh, I was really happy to see I don't know where it was placed I think I, as I was flipping through it but my personal favorite Bioshock game which is Bioshock Infinite yeah and that made the list which I was really happy to see because a lot of people hated on that game right when it came out for being so different from Bioshock but it's it's got the best story of the three I think it's got the coolest sci-fi elements and yeah the the location is just awesome i love the creativity of columbia your game persona 5 persona 5 is awesome probably the best rpg i've ever played is um our one of our fan favorites uncharted 2 comes in at 112 which i think is pretty good um gauntlet i thought should have been higher what number is bioshock infinite at i'll have to go back and look it's right there it's right oh there. uh 117 okay Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, in okay. terms of what the critics like, sure. they got it right. Uh, I don't know why. I just loved playing the second one. I think is because you get to be a big daddy, and I was just like, I am the big daddy. So <laughs> yeah, second one plays better uh, than the first one, but I think the story is just not as satisfying. I was really happy with these. I was glad that these 
cracked the top 150. Majora's Mask. Um, Majora's and Mask and Arkham City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, those are two of my favorite games. So, all in all, this is if you guys don't have a copy of this, if you're not signed up for the subscription, I think it'll probably be online. But you could also go buy this at any GameStop for like three or five bucks. Yeah. Um, it's worth reading through. I think it's cool. Um, I also have the edition. This is crazy. I have their top 200 when their 200th issue came out downstairs. Yeah. I saved it. And they had a different game ranked number one when they did 200. They had the just the first Zelda, the original Zelda. The original Legend of Zelda? Yeah, 87 Zelda. That was their number one. Um, I think this is a better oh, ranking. Oh, for sure. Uh, so you, the could t- you could tell that their editorial staff has kind of stepped up their game a little bit. Sure. Uh, I think their game informants have gotten better in terms of a magazine. But yeah, it's an interesting read. It's, it's fun to get some blasts from the past as awesome. well as seeing some modern relevance. <laughs> such as the Switch, even cracking the top 100. Yeah. Kudos to Nintendo. Um, but yeah, it's, it's cool. I think, you know, we've done our own personal rankings, but if I had time to go and play all 300 of these games, I would. I just don't. But maybe, I, wish maybe, I, had the t- I wish I had the time to do that. Maybe one day, yeah. There's I, just did so you much ever, to play. Like, I'm looking at the top 10 again. Are there any that you didn't play? You've played Link to the Past, as have I. So have we've played Mario Bros. Three. I played Mario Bros. Three. You've played Tetris. We've yes. played GTA. Did you ever play World of Warcraft? Uh, so I messed around with World of Warcraft once when I was in yeah. high school. Never really got into it, but I played it enough to kind of get the gist. I mean, yeah. I played other similar MMORPGs. Yeah, I but... played for I played for like two years when I was in middle school because the my the only friend that I had in Georgia because I was homeschooled. He also played, so we played yeah. together. I've never played Final yeah, Fantasy. Yeah, so that would be game. the first one that I haven't played. Is I haven't played six all the way. Yeah, uh, I've played Call of Duty four. I've played Red Dead, just not all the way through. Oh, I know it's Red heresy. Dead, such a good um, game, man. Yeah, I need to. Such a good game. Uh, I've Skyrim. only played parts of Skyrim, and I haven't played The Witcher three at all. I've just watched it. Yeah, I played The Witcher three, not finished uh, every facet of the game, but I beat the main quest line. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so. All right, awesome. Cool well, stuff. that was a cool dive there. I yeah. appreciate that. I love talking video games. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that's all I've got. Yeah. So do you have any comic book shops? Yeah, just on? a quick one. Okay. Um, again, if, you, if you're if you a digital comics reader, you can get them easily, but go support the real stores. Um, it was a good week this past week with the wrap-up of Dark Knight's Metal and another chapter in Doomsday Clock. But the one news topic that I do have since the last time we talked is DC, in addition to all the good they're doing comics-wise, not on screen, but comics-wise, they're making good good moves. They're adding a new label, and it's called the DC Black Label. Um, and it is gendered towards fans of darker, more grounded adult DC stories. Um, so they will be for mature audiences only. And so far, they have had, they have announced five or six titles. There's going to be two Batman books, two Superman books, or sorry, two Wonder Woman books, and a Superman story. So far, um, they compared the stories that they're coming up with to uh, you know long-lasting, seminal books like Watchmen, The Killing Joke, uh, Dark Knight Returns, stuff like that. Um, with some of those creators even writing them. So one of them, I believe, is Superman Year One, which was written by Frank Miller, who wrote The Dark Knight Returns and Batman Year One. Uh, and it's going to kind of do another rehash of a more mature version of Superman's origin. So it's written by Miller and drawn by John Romita Jr. Uh, Scott, uh, Snyder and Capullo, who've done Metal and that run on Batman, are doing a Batman story. Um, Brian Azzarello is also doing a Batman story. 
Um, there's a really cool Wonder Woman book that I'm excited for, written by Greg Rucka, who did a lot of Wonder Woman stories, but it's about her mom and her mom's rise to power of, as Queen of the Amazons, which sounds pretty rad. Uh, and then they're doing some other stuff, too, with some minority characters that don't get a lot of uh, light, such as Martian Manhunter, the John Stewart Green Lantern, um, uh, and a couple others. I want to see Zatanna or something. So they're diving into some some deep character stories, which is pretty exciting. In light of all the other stuff they're doing with Brian Michael Bendis' Superman and Snyder's Justice League and sure. all the stuff since Rebirth. So they're just doing really fun. That's the one thing they do. Like They want to be able to make their movies where they're like throwaway side stories. It just doesn't seem to work on screen. But in comics, it's cool because it's like, yeah. Why wouldn't you read a three-part prestige format Frank Miller Superman story? Yeah. Just for shits and giggles. Because it's not confusing in comics for some reason. It's just like timelines are just so skewed everywhere, but it somehow it works, whereas on film it doesn't. Awesome. But yeah, so that's... Um, they won't be coming out until a little later in the summer, I think. That Superman one's going to be coming out first. But yeah, if you're a comic reader who doesn't necessarily enjoy some of the storylines right now because maybe they're too kind of happy-go-lucky or whatever, and you're into those mature, seminal stories like Killing Joke and Watchmen, it sounds like these should be up your alley with some creators who know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, I did have a quick question. That that new series from Robert Kirkman, has that... Oh, yeah, Oblivion Song? Has that come out yet? Did you read it? Yeah, I read issue one. I really liked it. Okay. Um, the other one that came out that same week is called Gideon Falls, and it's like a horror sci-fi book. They're both really good. Um, Image published. The Oblivion song is an interesting um, concept, but I don't want to ruin it for you. Okay. So. Cool. Yeah. Um, but they've only had one issue so far. Interesting. I'm not a huge Kirkman fan in terms of Walking Dead. I've tried to get into it before. Didn't really take. Yeah. I've read about 40 plus issues of Walking Dead. But Invincible is the one that I need Invincible to read. Invincible is so good. It's so good. I've read about 50 something issues of Invincible and it's... It's amazing. Cool. Um, but Oblivion Song, he put like a little letter in it. It's like Walking Dead because of its cultural appeal is the one that's going to keep going. Um, and he said that the reason how he's able to keep coming up with creative stories for Walking Dead is he takes breaks with these little side projects. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's all cool. Right. It's worth the look. Nice. But yeah, that's all I really got. Okay. Do you have a Dat Cave? Uh, no, I do not. I've got one for you. Yay. All right, so... Let's go uh, to the Dat Cave. Uh, you ever go to fan theories on Reddit? No. So there's a great subreddit that you should check out sometime called Reddit Sub uh, Fan Theories. Uh-huh. And uh, basically it's just people that have like theories about pop culture, movies, and television, and stuff like that, and they just kind of post them there. Uh, this is an interesting one that I found uh, that kind of, you know, because it's an episode of Radio Vanity, folks. We've got to have a Star Wars topic. Of course. Um, this is posted by Flagnut1 <laughs> one year ago. So this was before the time of uh, The Last Jedi. Okay. Says, Kylo Ren was a mediocre Jedi. This was my original thought when I first saw the movie, but I decided to wait until some of the hype died down before posting it. I postulate that Kylo Ren went to the dark side because he was at best a mediocre Jedi. Here's how I believe things went down. Luke started the new Jedi Academy and things were going pretty great. He has a bunch of students and teaching them from the ways of the Force like Yoda taught him. But I also believe that Luke's academy was very different from the old academy in one way. 
He did not teach lightsaber combat, or at least, at very least, he was withholding those lessons for students who earned and or needed them. I have a couple different ideas backing up this part of the theory. First being that significance played on placed on Luke's lightsaber as is if it is a rare thing. I understand because it is also significant because Luke's because it is Luke's, but I think that you know it is telling that is not a new lightsaber. So the theory goes on for a while, but it was saying um, basically the gist of it is that this guy before seeing Last Jedi thought that. Uh, Kylo Ren, his turn to the dark side was in, was not because he was too powerful, but because he just wasn't good enough. He was inadequate. And, and then that's why his lightsaber is all broke ass. That's why he, you know, burns everything down. He gets a little bit frustrated and uh, everything like that. So my question to you, John, is I want to know, uh, what's your fan theory? For why he turned to the dark side? No, for anything. Anything Do or you, Star Wars? Anything. I mean, like, well, Star Wars was the one that I read yeah. because I thought that was I thought that was an interesting way to to uh, view Kylo Ren's character as him not being too powerful but being not good enough. Hmm. And obviously, in the Last Jedi, that's kind of it's. I mean, it's hinted that Luke, you know, senses his power in the scene where he brings down the, the house. I saw the darkness growing in him. Sure. Yeah. Um, but I want to know: are, are there any are there any theories that you have about? movies or television or any sort of like any sort of property that you that you have yeah i have a theory and i joke about it but i i kind of want it to be true and that is that i honestly do believe that this is how it could end is that in game of thrones the whole series is a dream that bran has after he falls out of the tower when he is pushed by jamie lannister and he wakes up, and he's not paralyzed, and everyone's still alive. I know that's like a Bob Newhart like cop out, but I I just like have this thing. I want that to happen. So I have bad. I have this theory that because of like the three eyed Raven stuff, like the Raven is just like it's like enhanced his dreams to be lifelike, and he's just like the whole series. The reason why we're able to follow various storylines is because of the Raven. So Bran is just watching all these unfold. And then he wakes up and it's like only like a day or two has passed. Well, so my question to this is like after if that is what happens. So say that happens in the show and that's one of the, you know, the plot points in this last season. Yeah. Does it continue on after that? Is there like any sort of plot progression? No. Or that's just it. That's it. <laughs> there's no resolution. There's no nothing. No. It's not like he predicts these things and then they can No, stop. so what happens is is like he sees all this happen and then his dad comes in, Sean Bean, yeah. Ned Stark, and he's about to leave for King's Landing to be the King's Hand and he's like, you don't go, please. And then he like tells him what happens and then nothing goes down because Ned Stark never goes, it, Ned Stark never goes to King's Landing so then nothing bad ever happens. Um... And then they're able to catch Cersei and Jamie, and they're incesting because he tells them, like, hey, yo, I got pushed out because these two were having sex. And then you nip that in the bud. And as a Lannister fan like Michael, he probably hates this. But then Robert Baratheon never has to die. Joffrey never gets on the throne. Nothing bad happens. So everyone lives out their life peacefully. It's great. Khal Drogo and Khaleesi, they, they're <laughs> happily married, and the stallion that mounts the world is just a nice little kid. And... I like that theory a that's, lot. That's my theory. That's the one that I like the most. Yeah. My other theory is that um, 
Have you heard the one? I like this one. It's not really mine that I came up with, but that Cars is a dystopian future. I've heard this one. <laughs> I like that too. one quite a bit. I like uh, the Disney theories are interesting. Like the one, the, the connective, threads. yeah, the connective threads yeah. between all the Disney movies is really interesting. And the fact that Pixar has like leaned into that a little bit and not suggested that's really like what it is, but like, yeah. I mean, there's Easter eggs in each movie, but they get really specific. Like the like the the girl in Monsters Inc. grows up to be the witch in Braid. Yeah. Brave. Brave. You've heard you've heard that theory? Yes. That's, That's so wacky. It's, wacky. Yeah. <laughs> it's really wacky. It's very crazy. Uh so I don't know. Yeah. Do you have any? Um I've been thinking about this a lot. I I, I like the theory that um <laughs> I don't know. I think I think I heard this somewhere, so I don't want to take credit for it, but that uh, in the Spider-Man trilogy, trilogy, everything is happening in Mary Jane's head. <laughs> That's funny. Like she's just delusional and thinks that she's marrying a superhero and yeah. like everything. Huh. I don't know. Cause then, cause it makes sense why she's like, she seems to be a focal point of the movies that a lot of times where she really it's shouldn't her be. Story. Yeah. And she's like crying all the time yeah. and she's like kind of manic depressive and like schizophrenic. Yeah. She cheats on she cheats on her boyfriend. She's a movie star who doesn't really make it, you know. Yeah, kind of works. Kind of works out like that. She ends up working at a diner. Like that's a real. I don't know. I like that theory quite a bit. I There's, also like the Kylo Ren, the that Snoke was Jar Jar theory. Yeah, um, I don't. Snoke being Plagueis though is like the real one. Yeah, that, I still kind of yeah. believe that. I think that Snoke gets payoff in Episode Nine. I don't think he comes back necessarily, but I think you have to pay off that character somehow because the fan reaction has been so. I think they. I think they will. Fuck the fans, dude. I just think that <laughs> the backlash against Snoke has been like one of the one of the loudest things in in for me for episode eight. It's like the biggest backlashes I've heard are, are Space Leia, Witch Leia, and uh, Wicked Witch of the Space. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, have you seen the edit where they like they do? Then it's like the 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 Wicked Witch of the West like yeah. laugh. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I think I think that they will they will bring attention to that somehow, but not not in an overly obvious way. They will like S- Luca will monologue to Ray about like who Snoke was and how like it's like I knew your father before he turned to dark. You know, it's like something like that. Yeah. Do you think um, that Ray's parents really are nobodies? Or do you nope, think JJ's I think there's somebody going to fix that. There's up? somebody because people hated that too. I liked it. Who do you want her parents to be? I don't know. Just not nobody? No, I think that that's like, it's not lazy, but it, it, it's just not fulfilling. Like, why does, why do, why does everyone have to be related though? No, I'm not saying that she should be related to somebody. Like, I don't, I think it would be super lazy if it, it would be equally as lazy if her parents were Obi-Wan. Or Han and Leia. Well, that could bring an interesting d- dynamic in, like where she's related to Ben Solo. Yeah, I think it's too easy. I don't think that's easy at all because, like, you they have, were getting you some have, they were getting some romantic feels in. Yeah, there exactly. In the Last well, Jedi. And you have, but all, I guess it is Star Wars. And you have all that. You have all that stuff with Han and Rey in the first movie in in Seven, where, where he kind of knows her. Yeah, it's like some, that's the problem. With, something's up. That's the problem with JJ. Something's dude, up. Is he he lost it, it man? You know what I mean? Like he yeah. came in for the Force Awakens. He's like set up all these mysteries, and then now everyone's pissed because the Last Jedi is like we don't need all these mysteries, and then everyone's like, no, we do because the fans can't you know 
complain on the internet than what is pop culture. JJ is always better at asking questions and answering them. Yeah. And and people didn't like Ryan Johnson's answers because they prefer to be, they prefer to theorize than to actually have resolutions. It's human nature. Yeah. Well, and I, this is a whole nother topic, but like the, it's not that I, I, I don't really think it's that people didn't like Ryan Johnson's answers because there aren't like really answers i mean they're continuing this story it's not like the the overall arching question is like how is ray going to overcome this adversity right how is she going to overcome the 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 evil because it's good guy versus bad guy that's the story that they've laid out it's in star wars yeah. it's star wars and ryan johnson gave us the middle chapter which is the two towers which is like the movie where you're supposed to not be you don't have to start anything and finish anything you just have to do whatever you want and make it an interesting sort of climax uh, I just don't think I think people are mostly upset because he just I felt like most people didn't deliver because he took a shit in J.J. Abrams' lawn <laughs> he's like <laughs> he's like all these characters from The Force Awakens are meaningless I just I just was not satisfied with the if the t- if the middle movie is supposed to be like the highlight the climax of the trilogy where it's like the most rising action happens because you're building up to the finale I just wasn't satisfied with that being the climax I think that as over time as I've thought about it and I rewatched it a couple days ago, uh, it's it's a great it's a good movie. So I it's, think the, I'm just, uh, just not I'm just personally not yeah, satisfied. Yeah, I think with the it. thing that people have with it is that like if you think about middle chapters, they do something that sets up what the third chapter is going to be, and Ryan didn't do that at all. You know, he he made his own contained story with the cards that he was dealt while also getting rid of some of the cards he was dealt in the process. Um, and now he's giving it back to JJ and I have no idea how he's going to pick it up, you know. Um, but at the same time, I like Snoke's cool. I like Snoke quite a bit. I don't see why people are so mad about it, because if you think if you go back to the original trilogy, the Emperor didn't show up until Return of the Jedi, and no one knew anything about him, and he just started zapping people with lightning, and people were fine with it. And then he died in that one movie. He has yeah. 10 minutes of screen time, tops. And he was one of the most iconic characters, and people loved it, and then they fleshed him out in the prequels, and then people hated the prequels. But people like revere him as a character. And then Snoke, you get two decent appearances. His appearances in The Last Jedi are way better than The Force Awakens. Oh, way better. He's actually, he's actually there. there, yeah. And he actually does stuff, and he has these really cool powers where he can connect people across space yeah. and time. You see how powerful he is. He can float people. He can zap people. He does all this stuff. And it's just that you can't make an entity a, a compelling character. True. And I think that's what, that's what I was looking for. I can't speak on terms of the masses anymore, so I'm just going to say I. What I was looking for was I wanted Snoke to be a developed character because you have a... How many developed characters do you need, though, before it's too many? That's the problem is they had so many characters after The Force Awakens that they were getting into Game of Thrones territory and Lord of the Rings territory where you need to make a three-hour movie that spans across multiple storylines. But then wouldn't that argument... Doesn't that argument then invalidate the addition of Rose? Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying Rose is a great character, <laughs> but then they, but why did they add this character and not flesh out a character that we already had? You know, yeah, that's more Game of Thrones than anything. It's not developing, developing a looming bad guy is, is more justified than bringing in a new nobody and then making her the focus of the heart of the film, because Ray doesn't really have. Ray doesn't have as many emotional scenes. She has like three. 
Rose has the ending with Finn. She has the death of her sister, and she has uh, the you know the giving into the Force thing with um, with the kids on the planet. She has like three pretty big moments with that are story like hinging. I mean, like yeah, I, I think it's so. Ryan Johnson, it's interesting movie. Yeah, Ryan Johnson introduced three characters: Rose, Haldo, and Benicio del Toro. Um, two of which will not be coming back. I don't think Del Toro re- will resurface. I bet he'll be. I bet I would, he'll be back. I would like him to, but I don't capacity. know if he will. I don't yeah. know if JJ liked him or not. Um, right. Holdo can't obviously because she's spaced us now. And then unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, Rose needs to come back because Ugh. you know they set that up. God. Unless it's going to be the worst love triangle ever. Unless they kill her in a coma. I hope so. I hope they. I hope she dies. They could. Have you seen Alien Three? Have you ever seen Alien Three? They kill all the characters from Aliens except Ripley in the beginning really? title card. Yeah, mm. you could write her out just as easily. It's JJ's thing. I mean, that's, it's, that's it's, Mark Hamill has mentioned something that's really interesting is that like this trilogy is developing in the here and now, unlike the first two trilogies where they were planned from the get go. And we have it's a lot like, of it's like, like whoever's in charge of the next installment can do whatever the fuck he wants. And we've also dealt with a lot of un- unforeseen consequences. Yes, unfortunately. Um, but anyway, that's your Star Wars topic that went on for a little bit longer than it should have. But As always. you know, it's Star Wars, Star Wars. Yeah. We'll have a we'll have a uh, plenty of more Star Wars to talk about. If you liked the show today, though, what you can do for us is very simple: go on uh, go on our social media, leave us a like or a retweet. You know, tell your friends about the show. Uh, and if you really want to, go to radiovania.com and click the big red subscribe button and watch our videos and content there. Go check out the few of us. Go watch John be a junk asshole and want to read the script from Gary Oldman, Academy Award winner. I'm not the Academy Award winner. No, oh, Gary that's Oldman right. Is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Email us content at uh, radiovaniashow at gmail.com. Give us your questions, comments, concerns, or fan art. If you have fan art of us, send it in. We'd love have to see that. Have you got that. fan art? No. Oh. I just was... want it. I want of fan the two art. Really of us? I want to, I want to, I want like a matte painting of like, uh, you know, like the last supper, except for it's <laughs> you there. It's me here, the mic in the middle and then Bentley sitting in the chair in the middle. Like that, with this pause like this. That would be awesome. <laughs> I want fan art of me as Chewbacca and you as the roasted pork. From oh my YouTube. God. <laughs> How funny is that? Be? All right. Do you have anything else before we close this sucker out? No, I'm, I don't have anything else. All right. Have a good week then guys. We'll see you soon. All right. Signing out. Under NASA's Artemis program, Dynetics and Lidos will develop and build a new human landing system, advancing economic opportunities and paving the way for a sustained lunar economy. Learn more at DyneticsHLS.com. University of Maryland Global Campus has been serving the military in Maryland and around the world for more than 70 years and online for over 20 years. UMGC offers more than 90 programs and specializations in career-relevant fields, 
transfer credits, no-cost digital materials replacing most textbooks, and scholarships for those who qualify. Speak with our dedicated military and veteran advisors who can help you find the right degree for your career path. Visit umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV.